Hi, this is Braden Holpe. Hey, this is Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer. Hi, this is Brian Burke from Toronto, Ontario. This is Daryl Sutter. Hello, everyone. I'm Carly Agro from Sportsnet Central. This is Jay Onright. This is Quick Dick Quick Dick coming to you from Tufnell, Saskatchewan. Hey, everybody. My name is Steel Fleury. This is Kelly Rudy. This is Corey Cross. This is Wade Redden. This is Jordan Tutu. My name is Jim Patterson. Hey, it's Ron McLean, Hockey Net in Canada and Rogers Hometown Hockey, and welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Monday. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, I didn't get up to a whole lot. I did a little bit of work on the... I, I, I bought a, a gym in the and then put it in the garage, like squat rack and bench and everything. Anyways, I, I got tired of staring at the wall, so I, I bought a couple mirrors, and I put up some mirrors on the weekend and didn't break any, didn't get, didn't get bad luck yet. But uh, I, I had a great weekend. I hope all of you uh, are finding ways to uh, have a little bit of fun on the weekends. Uh, we got a cool one today, good friend of mine, uh, back on again. But before we get there, let's get to today's episode sponsors. Uh, Carly Kloss and the team over at Windsor Plywood, builders of the podcast studio table for everything wood. These are the guys. Deck season is upon us, and Windsor is stocked up on their Micro Pro Sienna Brown treated lumber. So if you've got a backyard project on the go, Stop in and see the group at Windsor Plywood. They'll get you hooked up. I always uh, preach, you know, I don't love social media. I think by now lots of people know that. But if you want to check out what the latest going on at Windsor or any of the sponsors is, hop on your social media and, uh, you know, do a little creeping. Creeping. And uh, take a look at what Windsor Plywood's got going on. All the latest projects they're working on are on there. Or if you're wondering what else they could provide, give them a call. 780-875-9663. Clay Smiley and the team over at Profit River. They specialize in importing firearms to the United States of America. They pride themselves in making this process as easy for their customers as possible. The team at Profit River does all the appropriate paperwork on both sides of the border in order to legally uh, get the firearm into Canada and into your hands. Also, they take care of registering the firearm and transferring to your PAL or FAC before shipping them by mail courier or bus to wherever you're hiding out. Just go to ProfitRiver.com and check them out today. They are the major retailer of firearms, optics, and accessories serving all of Canada. T-Bar 1 Transport. Since 2002, for more than 19 years, the team at T-Bar has offered excellent service, putting the community first. Did you know they are located in Loyminster and now Bonneville? They can cover all your heavy haul needs. In their fleet, they have tank movers, 45-ton pickers, one-tons, flat decks, Texas beds, wind trucks, and highway tractors. And the boys this week were heading up to Fort Mac, hauling a tank where they had uh, they had to get uh, a couple of special... I'm going to butcher this, and uh, I know they'll give me a little bit of harassment, but they had to get some special brackets put on uh, by Corlac so they didn't have to uh, worry about harming the tank, damaging the tank. So... They're, they're out and about. They're finding creative ways to move all your heavy haul uh, needs, all right? So give the boys at T-Bar a call today and let them help you, 780-205-1709. Jen Gilbert and team for over 45 years, since 1976, the dedicated realtors of Coldwell Banker, Cityside Realty, have served Lloydminster and the surrounding area. Star Power is what they're providing their clients with seven-day-a-week access, and they know service is absolutely a priority because big life's decisions and <laughs> they have they don't happen during office hours do they they happen at all times and Coldwell Banker is here for you Cityside Realty for everything real estate 24 hours a day seven days a week give them a call 780-875-3343 mortgage broker Jill Fisher now, obviously, her name says it all. She proudly serves the areas of Lloydminster, Bonneville, Cold Lake, and Vermilion. She looks forward to working with you for all your mortgage needs. She's been dealing with this rascal for, uh, 
I don't know. I'm sorry, Jill. I've been uh, I've been dip dodge ducking her uh, text and everything, but give her credit. I said just treat me like uh, I'm a two year old and just keep hassling me, and I'll eventually get all the paperwork signed. I'm in the process of signing a, a new mortgage at our house um, with her, and she has been excellent through the process and has dealt with me how I uh, you know I get sidetracked probably like all of us. But uh, if you're in need of a mortgage broker, you want somebody to take a, a look at what you got going on with your house and your mortgage, give Jill Fisher a call, 780-872-2914, or uh, head to her website, www.jfisher.ca. Uh, SMP billboard out by the airport. If you're uh, taking a tour, you can see the handiwork of Read and Write. Um, if you're looking for outdoor signage, they're, they're great at what they do. I uh, pump up uh, Mrs. Deanna Wallner because she always seems to... Uh, Make me look sharp. Gartner Management is a Lloyd Minster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. Whether you're looking for a small office or a 6,000-square-foot commercial space, give Wade Gartner a call today, 780-808-5025. And if you're heading into any of these businesses, make sure you let them know you heard about them from the podcast. All right? Now let's get on to that T-Bar 1 tale of the tape. Originally from Paradise Hill, Saskatchewan, he's happily married, and has six kids, a professor at Lakeland College, business owner, and co-host of the War on Weakness podcast. I'm talking about Ken Rutherford. So buckle up. Here we go. Welcome to the Sean Newman podcast. <laughs> You're becoming a fan favorite, Kenny. Um, this will be your fourth time entering into the studio. Um, but first off, thanks for hopping in. Well, thanks for having me on, Sean. It's, it's always a pleasure to be with you, as you know. Well, we we talk, sometimes my wife makes fun of me because I think we talk as much as probably we do to our spouses. But, um, you know, with the podcast in particular, just to bring everybody up to speed if they haven't listened to all the episodes, you know, you go back to the first episode, it was, it was a ramshackle one with you, which I think... Um, you know, it was really cool to do, and it was only, I don't know, 20-some minutes long, and I, I remember the nerves and everything else. That was February 2019, and then if you fast-forward, it took me until episode 132 to get you back on, and I had to do some convincing, as hard as that probably is to believe now, and uh, we can talk a little bit about that episode here after we get going, but you brought to light kind of what um, the lockdowns or, you know, the social distancing, everything was doing to you in your personal life. And then, of course, uh, the latest one, episode 149, um, me, you, and Tanner sat down and, and really had a frank discussion on uh, what's going on. And there was, some, you know, the isolation hotels were happening right at the moment. I remember walking up to the studio and seeing the videos of the mom having her, her son taken away. And, you know, things have definitely changed since then. But uh, I guess... How is Ken doing so far or now? It's interesting to, uh, talking about that, Sean. First of all, th uh, appreciate for having a, a, a again, I, I, I could, don't consider myself a nobody. I just consider myself a, a member of societies. And so the, uh, I'm cer certainly not, I'm not going to increase your, your listenership. Let's put it that way. But to the people that know us, you know, I, I feel like both you and I were quite involved in the community. And it's always nice to hear from community members. So I appreciate you having me on. And I hope I bring some value to, to you and to your listeners. Uh, um, now, how am I doing? Is that the question? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what, Sean? You and I are uh, we are very busy, <laughs> extremely busy, actually. Um, 
and I'm trying to convert my brain into enjoying being busy. So instead of complaining about it, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy it because it means that I'm involved. It means that you have value. It means that you're trying to make a difference. So that would be how I am doing. I would say I'm very thankful that we're in the spring. That was a long winter, extremely hot, long winter for a lot of people, me included. The, I mean, last time we were on here, I, I had a breakdown, uh, or that was two times ago, actually. That was two times yeah, ago, I, yeah. I, I, part of me, I'd say it was one of my more embarrassing moments of life and one of my proudest moments of life. It was, uh, um, yeah, anyways, so how, how am I doing with that? It was, that was a lesson to me. I would say that I, I, I struggled mentally over the winter and I've converted that into thinking like I do with physical conditioning or with fight training or with diet. It, it was a, a lesson for me. It, it, you know, when you're, when you're, I can speak for myself, when you're having a few darker days, um, it's hard to think clearly. It's hard to say, here's the plan out for me anyways. And then when you're in a better state, it's easy to go, okay, I recognize that. What were the triggers? What happened? What, what can I learn? What can I make sure I don't do again? How do we, it's like fight training. You know, somebody catches you in a, in a choke, right? Or somebody gets you on your back. It's like, okay. Sounds good. I got put down. What happened there? What can I do better? How, how do I fix that for next time? So I guess it's, it was, it was uh, enjoyable in, the, in that regard. You know, it's like uh, the Jocko, Jocko podcast, you know, how, how was that winter? It was hard and it was good. Right. So I, I would say that's, that's how I'm doing. Um, <clears throat> thankfully, I find that life is much easier, much easier. Uh, for me, life is much more tolerable despite all the chaos when my, my marriage is in good order. It's just kind of like one of my stabilizers for me and, uh, loving my wife, loving my marriage, loving my home. It's my place of peace. And, uh, so with that said, life is good. We're healthy. Uh, we're happy. We're fed and, and life is good. So there you go. Oh, I appreciate you sharing. Mm -hmm. I, I find that one sentence very interesting. You know, one of your most embarrassing moments or maybe best moments is, mm -hmm. uh, is a is a funny sentence. I, I just think it showed you were human, and uh, what we we're going through. Um, well, nobody walking this planet has ever been through, you know, our version here in Lloydminster, and there's other versions all across the planet because the entire planet went into some sort of lockdown, some more uh, what's the word they use draconian than others. But we all, I don't know if there was a very many. Uh, states, provinces, territories, countries that didn't go into some form of locking things down. And so now we're, you know, we're into a year of it. Can, can I go back on that? The, the, the messages that came to me personally after that, Sean, were staggering um, in that I've, I've got more, I received more messages from people than I do on my birthday of people saying, I've struggled too. Thank you for saying that. Uh, um, and it taught me something is that we all kind of have this appearance, you know, like I'm sitting with you and you don't have a tear in your eye and you're looking good. And, you know, that the whole debate on mental health is I can see your body, you know, like you look good, you're walking good, you're you got a smile on your face, but I can't get inside your noggin. And so it's the, uh, it taught me that a, a lot of people chug and it's okay to have a chug. You know, it's, it's just, you don't want to get stuck in that, you know, and if you, if you do are, then reach out for help and all that kind of stuff. But I want to thank the people for, for reaching out to me. It was, um, it was a lot of teary moments for me, actually, when, when people, I won't ever say a name. Those are all private, never be discussed outside of the, the messages that were sent to me. But, uh, um, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to have people share that with me. And then you kind of go, okay, cool, cool.
cool. So we're, we're all in this together, you know, and, and that's just the group on that day that we're feeling the same way. And probably next winter or next year or next month, it's going to be a different group. And what I learned out of that is that life is ups and downs and, and don't beat yourself up. If you're having a tough day, if you're having a struggle, if you're whatever, depression, whatever it is, it doesn't last forever. Well, I shouldn't say that for me, it doesn't. And brighter days are ahead. You just got to, and I, I think what you learned is you got to do something about it too. You know, like the, the, there are factors that, f- that come into that, you know, exercise, diet, sleep patterns, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, so take some responsibility on my shoulders of what was going right, going kind of like what I'm doing is saying, what was I doing right? Was I doing wrong? You know, and let's, how do I, how do I firm that up? So thanks for that. And thanks to everybody for, who reached out to me. That was, there were some uh, uh, really cool personal moments that I want to, I want to thank the people that had the, the strength to share those stories with me. Yeah. Well, uh, Hey, shout out to all you listeners. Yeah. That That's uh that was a, I don't know, in, what, I don't even know what this is going to be. I think you're 168 now. I think that's what Look comes that. out yeah. on Monday. And in 168 episodes, there's always just a, there's always an episode where people immediately message when it's done and it doesn't stop for, I don't know, a week, two weeks, whatever. And that mm-hmm. was one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- that one um, touched, touched a chord and it was just, well, I don't know. I just call it raw, genuine. You're just, you're Kenny. That's yep. why you're back on Ken, right? Like is uh, I enjoy our conversations. I enjoy uh, where we take them. And um, I enjoy that I give you a, a space that you feel like you can open up a little bit, I guess. And that, yeah. That's pretty cool to be on this side. Not that I want to dig into everything and have it exposed to everybody, but I, I'm happy that you think I'm a safe spot, I guess. And, and that's pretty cool to be sitting on the other side of it. Yeah, well, cool to have a friend like you. Cool to have somebody like you doing what you're doing, Sean. And uh, from my perspective, you're you're strengthening yourself, you're striking your community, you know, like you've got a good heart on you, uh, in you. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, I enjoy your podcast and I've, I've never, I've never heard anything come out of your mouth that is destructive or, or wanting to tear down or anything, quite the opposite. And we're going to get into that some of the day. So it's, it's an honor to be your friend and it's an honor to be on your podcast to be part of that. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I won't uh, pump your tires anymore. Mm. I, 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 when we last, so that brings us all the way to, uh, Tanner yourself who have uh, war on weakness podcast. And I sat down and we had this discussion about, you know, like, what do we do? What do we do? What can we do? Where's the line? We had all these things in there, but we just kind of, you know, as I listened to it again, even today, and I'd listened to it when it first came out, the thing that I just found was like, we, we talked about it but we didn't really do anything about it. And for the listener, they didn't hear the conversations that we had after. And uh, a big thing I said to Kenny was, I don't want to do that conversation again. Like I want, by the time we sit down again, I want to have at least prodded a few different conversations, tried a few different things and like get active about it. Cause there's one thing to talk, but then it's another thing to go out and like actively become something that can, influence society so to speak right like not that this conversation isn't powerful but if all you do is ever bitch and complain about you know what the government's doing or what's happening in town and never take an active role nothing changes i guess is where i'm at right and so for the people who who listen to it then they don't you know now it's been two months it was february 3rd when we had that last conversation and i know how busy you've been right like um and i just thought maybe you could distill down some of what you've gone through, uh, the conversations you've been having, and just share with the listener kind of what the last two-month journey has been for Ken. Because, I mean, you're a guy that has made 
all these different political um, uh, meetings, you know, uh, myself, I went to a Wild Rose meeting to see, you know, what they're talking about. Because I'm like, not that I love sitting in a politics meeting, but I'm like, for once, I just kind of feel like I probably should do this. I need to know what's going on and whether or not this is something I'm involved with or like or not. And you're a guy that is outdoing me, in my opinion. And uh, I don't know. I admire how hard you go. Yeah, the yeah, you said a lot of things there. Um, I think we could agree, Sean, that this has been a very, very stressful time for many, many people. You know, if I'm an 85-year-old, you know, trapped inside an old folks' home, it's, man, you know, uh, uh, if I'm a youth that's missed my hockey and had lockdowns and, and all the rest, you know, if, if I'm a teacher who who is, you know, like it's the nurses, you know, the police, uh, the unemployed, this has been a, <laughs> it's been a shit show. That's what it's been. People who are sick or have immune disorder or, you know, are in the category that are, that we're finding out are at risk just hasn't been an easy road for anybody. And you, we kind of sat here and, and probably you and I, probably why we're good friends, actually, one of them is it's okay to sit around and, and bitch for a while, you know, okay, feel sorry for yourself, talk about how hard it is, how much everything sucks. But my belief, and I think your belief is, you know, I think you got to have hope and you got to try, you got to do something. Sure. If you, if you pick it up and you, you try to have a change and you fail, at least you tried, you know, and I think back, you and I, I convert so much things, so many things into sports. You know, if you think you're compare and contrast hockey teams, like I've had a, a very negative cocky coach in the past, you know, coming between periods, you guys suck. You're not, nobody's working. I can't believe it's an embarrassment to coach you guys, you know, throwing hockey sticks around the room just deflates the room. Right. And then when somebody comes in and, and has a pump up message with some hope, and some drive. You know, I'm not saying they're all rosy pictures. There's never, a t there's never time for the negative message. But humans' hearts get, ex uh, um, uh, for mine, I, I get a skip in my step when somebody goes, you know what, there's a plan out of this. We've got a chance. Like, all we need to do is these three things, and we can do this. And to me, that's kind of where we've come a little bit, is saying, like, like you went to talking about you and, you and I in our conversations, is, okay, it is what it is. It sucks. It's been shitty. We've had a lot of tough go at this. What can we do, right? And I think that's a healthier place to be, at least for my mind. Uh, maybe how about yours, Sean? Like we'll get into what we're doing, but yeah, no. Well, would you agree? Well, I I tell like if I rewind the clock, um, up until COVID started, I'd only done one video interview, so one distance, and that was Paul Bissonette, right? Like I mean, mm -hmm. you're gonna. I told myself I wasn't going to do that, but for him, I'm like, I'll break my rule, right? Now what do I do, right? Like probably 75% of them, maybe more than that, maybe 90% of them now are through the computer, through technology, which has um, opened up doors everywhere. But I learned very, very quickly when COVID uh, shutdowns, lockdowns started happening, and I'm like, I don't function well when I'm not, you know, there's a balance. We talk about the balance all the time. You can feel when the balance gets out of whack. But when I'm not moving, then, you know, I just, you know, now I'm, I'm like, ah. Oh. And I'm getting on everybody's nerves. I'm getting them on kids' nerves, getting on the wife's nerves. And it's like, sure, do they want you home every night? Yeah. But they actually, you know, then you're home every night. And they're like, you could probably, you know, <laughs> go and because I, I yeah. like to, you yeah. know, like, 
Yeah. I like to be a part of things. I want to do things. I'm, I'm, I'm relatively physically fit. I got a healthy mm. mind. Uh, my health is with me. I love being active. I think we have a great community and I, I, I see some shortfalls and I just want, I want to bring us all together. Uh, I don't know. I know that sounds kumbaya. I say that like, I don't mean like we're all locked in arms, but I just think the world tries over and over and over again to not get us to talk to one another and report all the bad so that you think stepping out your front door is going to be this horrendous experience and there's so much bad everywhere. And it's like, the truth is, you know, if you step out your door, you might run into a Ken Rutherford. And until you do that, you never know who you're going to meet. And so for me, being busy, I've changed my mentality on it. It's like, there is a balance, but I want to be. Because if I'm busy, it means I'm probably doing some good. Yeah, are you finding that, uh, I try not to get too hokey pokey because there's those uh, weird, oh, you know, what, what the, you want from the universe, it'll, it'll throw back. I don't know about those sayings, but what I am noticing is that when you take a little bit of a risk, when you have some hope, when you have some try, just the connections start happening. And, and it's like, you can feel the momentum growing. You know, at least for me, like, you know, when I look at you as well, it's just things happen. People come talk to you. You know, people want to do something. You, you, you volunteer at this place. You just, the ball starts rolling and it's, it seems to start with the mind, you know? So if your mind is positive and you say, this is where I want to go, the universe kind of seems, seems to meet you there. And if you want to say life sucks and it's, this is terrible and the, the universe will meet you there, <laughs> you know? So if you want to, you know, I, I think we've all had days like that. I can say there, there's times where we're going through this. I'm like, why, why do I do anything? Like, why don't I, why don't I just go home, just, you know, grab a half sack of beer every night on the way home, kind of numb the brain, you know, kind of, uh, you know, disappear from the, from the world and just grab another Netflix binge, you know, like that just seems like an easier mental journey, but it doesn't fit me. And I don't think that's healthy. So I guess, Oh, where do we start? I guess maybe we'll just talk for a while before. I I was going to, I was going to, as I search my notes here, I, I I had, I wrote down a, a, you were talking about, you know, not getting too hokey pokey. Well, I I agree. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to, but I wrote down a a quote and I didn't wrote, you know, I was listening to, I want to say Carl Jung at the time, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't out of his book, but it said, what comes out of your mouth comes into your life. And what you're talking about is if you, if you want to, if you if you want to talk about the world sucks, you're gonna. I mean, it's already right. Mm-hmm. It's already in your mind. It's already coming out your mouth. It's everything. It's why I fight that all the time. It's like, yeah, there's there's uh, it's it's not great. It's not terrible right now, right? There's there's good things. There's tons of good people. We just have to find a way to, uh, you know, maximize that, right? And I don't know. Like I bring it back to. I really wanted to know, you've been maybe the most busy person I've ever seen in a two-month span. Because what we what we left with was, I'm not going to interview Ken again until I've done some things. And so for me, it was interviewing Danielle Smith. It was interviewing Ben that was good. That was a, Those were both good interviews, by the way. And, well and another guy I wanted to interview yeah. was Heath McDonald, which I, I know isn't the academia world. He isn't politics, mm-hmm. but he's a business owner from town that I really respect. And there were different conversations around similar things. And I just wanted to, you know, start to like broaden my narrative instead of just talking to the same person and having the same conversation. And 
and over and over and over again, right? And on top of that, I went to a Wild Rose meeting. And, you know, I it didn't blow my socks off. That's not to, to bombard the Wild Rose party. I think they are um, speaking to an audience that is feeling unheard. And if they do it properly, I think they can attract a ton of people to them. I, I think it could be like overwhelming support. It's just they got to find a way to get their voice heard, the message across right, and talk to everybody who's sitting in all these different places that are all saying the bloody the same bloody thing, right? Everybody's saying the same thing. And that is they're tired of the lockdowns. And as far as the wild rows go, they don't want to split the vote, right? We've been down this road before, right? You just got to go to Danielle Smith who was on and, and remember her walking across. And that's way too fresh in a lot of people's minds. So they, they got to figure out, you know, you, you always say, I, let's let's make everybody on this together. Everybody stands for freedoms, right? It's, it's nice. That's where we are. Don't worry about all the other chaff. It's just freedoms. That's what we're all here for. And as time goes on, it feels like more of a more get pulled away. Mm-hmm. And so over a two-month span, I've been trying really hard to decide whether politics is a road. Like, you know, like I think me and you have talked lots on like politics, whether you like it or not, is how things change in our country that's democracy now there's two ways to get into politics there's the career politician and you start tomorrow and you you slug it out and hope that what you say attracts following and whatever else i can just imagine you know what you got to do to get to the top or there's the donald trump way right they both get to the same goal they're just two different uh you know a fork in the road so to speak one way you're going left one way you're going right with the mind of eventually meeting back up to be, you know, a leader of a country. Hmm. Well, the, the, uh, maybe I'll, I'll just tell you my mental journey uh, as we went through. I started doing some thinking about, you know, I think lots of times you, for myself, it's like a knee jerk. It's like, uh, you know, when the lockdown started coming, I started thinking like, holy smokes, like, where are we going? Like, like, is it time to get out of this country? You know, like we're some of the, the, the panic, and I'm not sure if maybe that's caused whenever there's, there's mass change that the human just kind of gets a little bit, you know, strung out a little bit. But I guess my brain, my journey kind of went like this recently is, okay, let's just pause and let's think about this for a moment. I started thinking, oh, I won't say any names, but I, I, I've heard stories of, you know, a husband and wife uh, uh, struggling because uh, one of them has, a, you know, a, a an illness and the other one's sick and tired of being home is saying, I'm going out living. I can't stand being in my basement anymore. And the other one thinks that that's selfish because the, the other spouse wants to get out and, and how dare you risk bringing in an illness. It's going to kill me. And I honestly, I, cr- I, I cry in my heart when I hear that, you know, because that we, we hear about divorce rates and that coming out of this. Right. And I'm, and then I've, I've heard another story. I won't say names of uh, very good friends who one is on one side of a vaccination debate and one's on the other side. And, and uh, uh, to my understanding, that they don't talking anymore, and and it's it seems like we're in a period of time right now where we're finding things to disagree about, you know, and and argue about, and and go to the the extremes. And and I, I think we need to focus on the the common overlap. You know, what do we agree on? Let's let's not talk about what we disagree on. Let's talk about what we do agree. On. I think that's what we need to do. So as a community, like, what do we what do we care? Oh, we care about our kids. Yeah, we all care about our kids. Do we care about the mental health of the community? Yeah, we care about the mental health of the community. Do we care about the economic stability of families and be able to feed, pay their mortgage and, and put food in their... Yeah, we agree on that. 
uh, personal rights and freedoms, charter rights and freedoms. Do we agree that it's a, it's good to be able to visit and talk and go to church? Yeah, we, we agree on that. We, so I think there's going to be a lot more that we agree on than disagree on. So then my brain goes, okay, so I can't let my brain get into one of those extreme camps. I can't. Because if we get into a specific debate on, on masks or on vaccinations, I don't I don't judge anybody for this either side of it. Again, I've got a, another story. I won't give names, but I've got a family member who does have an illness and they do take it very seriously. They mask, they, they, they clean up their hands with alcohol. You, they, they, they're full on for, for vaccinations. And I get it. Everybody's got their own personal story. You know, I think it's why somebody else chooses to mask or not mask or to vaccinate. Let people make their own decisions. Don't judge them. They're not sheeple. You know, like they're, everybody's got their own story. And so I think we've got to accept people for, for their positions and, and what they, what, what is right for them. So then I started thinking about, um, a lot of people I talk to Sean, and I'm talking like, uh, a lot of people, again, I won't say names is like, what are you thinking? A lot of people are like, we're looking at getting out of the country. You know, that's not an uncommon statement right now. It crossed my mind. And then I'm like, wait a minute, let's just, let's just breathe. Let's just breathe for a moment. Right. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, Let's let's roll through this for 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 a minute here. I believe Canada is one of the best countries on earth. I believe in uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan being two of the best provinces in the country. I know everybody's going to think that it's my bias. I get it. Uh, this community of Lloydminster, I believe it's one of the best communities in Canada. Look what we can do with fundraising. Look at oh, how many strong, good people there are. And then I start thinking, Ken, shame on you for one of your f- first tests. As a, as, a, as, a, as a member of your community and as your country, you want to run? <laughs> really? Is that all you got in you? There's people that have died for this country. There's people that put this place together with their blood, sweat, and tears and lived in a shack with some mud packed in between it. We got the First Nations that figured out how to live, live off the land. We, we got a beautiful country. And the first time it gets a little hard, you want to run. Okay. Well, is that the story you want told for your, for your life, Ken? Is when you're 85, remember when it got hard then we ran? <laughs> no, that's not. So we, you got to fight first. You got to fight first and it's worth fighting for. So that's, that's kind of where my brain went. I went, okay, well, how do we do those things? So now that leads into some of the things we're going to talk about. So being busy, yeah, I, I'm like, the fact is it's going to be hard. We're going to have to do some work. So what do we do? Well, which one do you want to chat about first, Sean? Do you want to talk? We, you'd start leading to the politics thing. So maybe we could talk about that. Sure. Well, I just, I think uh, um, if people don't listen to the war on weakness or, um, you know, it's been, it's been quietly done in the back uh, rooms or across town. And you, I just think of the amount of conversations you've had with people and, and just trying to figure out what, where everybody's at. Maybe, you know, me and you have said this before, like, maybe I'm just the crazy one. Then I go, nope. Like I've talked to probably 20 people. They're all feeling the same way. And I'm going, okay, so if 20 people are all feeling the same way, why are we all hiding away um, just waiting, right? And I know you're a guy that, that that's, you know, branched. So I said Wild Rose because, uh, you know, I'm Albertan. They're an Alberta party. They're looking to run. I'm like, wow, I've got to go see, right? Like, to me, why wouldn't you now? Actually, as I start to, you know, open my eyes to things. Another party that you've uh, you've been around is the Maverick Party, and I know uh, a lot of people have have talked about that, especially in the rural communities. And I thought maybe you could share, you know, a little bit about that experience so far. Sure. Like, let's go back to the coffees. Like, so there are. I do have deep concerns for our society. I do have deep concerns for our youth and our children. I do have deep concerns for where this possibly could be heading. Um, and 
out of all the, my style isn't to go out and argue, fight. Uh, um, I mean, I, I fight train. So it's, I mean, I, I mean, I would rather, I look at like our police and our nurses and our teachers and our welders and our truckers, but you have a, a, a conversation with pretty much anybody in the community. I know we've got bad people in the community, but pretty much everybody in the community that I talk to, these are good people. These are good people. And maybe we disagree, but I, let's, let's sweep those disagreements away for a minute. They're good people that care. So I've had a lot of coffees, a lot of discussions quietly. And that's kind of my style. Just like, where are you at? Where are we at? What's your, what's, what, what's your worry about the community? What do you, what do you think about? And one thing that's come to me is that I do believe humans are a herd animal. I think we, we, we find safety in numbers. And it's something that I, you know, I, have, I was trying to find an academic term or a study, and maybe it's good that I couldn't find it. But there's good, what I've noticed is that do people want kids to be able to play hockey next year? I believe the majority of people do. Do people want our seniors that are they're locked up in their rooms to be able to visit with their families? And if it's time for them to die, to be able to do with their family members in their room with them, holding their hands, I believe the majority of people do. Um, and, but what I do notice is that not a lot of people want to stand up and put, stick their head out of the hole. The common statement is, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose customers for my business. I don't want to upset my neighbor. And so it's like this, everybody's got their thing, but we're all kind of on our own little islands and nobody wants to say anything. So, but, but we're all kind of like our community's hurting and we'll talk a little bit about, but about us, our children, our youth, you know, I, there's various members, there's people that are missing surgeries. There's people that should have had a cancer diagnosis that didn't go. We know the opioid death. You know, I've, I've talked this many times. I think that we're going to be embarrassed of how we handled this when, when we come out of this, you know, 10 years from when the emotions are gone and it's just statistics now, I think we're going to be embarrassed. I, I, well, I'll bet somebody heavily we will be. I'm not an expert on everything. That's for sure. And maybe I'm wrong, but, um, and so I'm wondering is that, Folks, it's on our shoulders. I believe politicians, we can't blame the politicians here. You and I have talked about this. I believe politicians are a reflection of us. We vote for people that reflect what we want. We, we put forward leaders that reflect who we are. So if we're letting down a lot of people in our society right now and everybody's too scared to put their head up and say, we got to do something, maybe we're getting what we deserve, you know, and, or, but maybe we can choose to be different moving forward. Maybe it's time to be brave. Maybe it's time to take a risk. Maybe it's time to come together and say, I'm okay if I lose my job. If, it's, if, I, if I know my community's hurting, I got to stick my head up. I'm not, I, nothing I want to do or say is to hurt anybody. You know, it's not in my DNA usually. <laughs> like, you know, you, you, the hockey yeah, and the brain. Yeah. But yeah. I, I care deeply about humans. And I wonder if it's not on all of our shoulders to people who are listening to this to say, when you're 85 years old, how do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered as the person who played it safe, took care of your own skin, kept quiet when, when you knew that there was, there was harm and hurt in your community? Or should we come together and just have an open debate? You know, like the, the good things come. Like we find, I want to encourage people, gather with like-minded people and talk and debate and argue and call each other out. You know, like our book club has, has proven to be a very, very special part of, of us. And it allows me to not sit in my basement and go crazy, right? It's, it's like you can think about things better when you're in a group. And so now politically. Well, uh, to hop in there mm -hmm. quickly, it's, it's one of the reasons why I put up a lot of value in what you say, Ken. Because how many times have we had the debate on um, 
I don't know, like COVID lockdowns, yep. um, vaccines. You just go down the list. Me and you've had it out, not had it out, but like a healthy discussion on it uh, to the point where I forced you to get better at how you talk about it because I know I'm just like, well, what about this? Or mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. And you're like, huh, well, I better go uh, check into that. And then you come back. And that's exactly what you do because I know how much research and time you've spent on all this. That's why the two-month kind of check-in, right, since we last sat down, I've been really curious, right? Because as much as we talk, I don't get to hear about everything. And, and certainly when we chat, we're, we're, we're down a rabbit hole, just no different than this is a rabbit hole. Okay. And, and when you say, like, you're, you're imploring everybody to be like, we need to do something. Well, you know, in one of our, uh, you know, one of my conversations, quiet conversations, one of the things is, is like, you know, guys, um, it is April. And by the time this comes out, it's going to be like April 26th. Um, pretty sure they're about to uh, release, you know, draw back on mass. They're going to draw let draw back on gatherings. So people can go out and gather and it's the summertime and everybody's going to go do it anyways. What are we worried about? Right, like, what are, what are we worried about, Ken? Like, what are what are we gonna group together to do? The, we're through the worst of it. I hope so. You know, I guess my my thought is is um, that it's maybe a really exciting time. I, I know we're kind of all over the place here, and people are like, "Just would you get into what you're doing?" <laughs> right? And uh, uh, but I, this is what we're doing. Yeah, like, this is what we're we, doing. We we've literally talked this through how many times? Oh right? gosh, like like gone around a thousand times, and it's a little bit of a struggle because you can't meet. You can't go to church. You can't, you know, have, have, uh, you know, go to, go to speakers. You can't, you just, it, you, I'm not even supposed to have my mom and dad into my home, right? Like can't even talk to them, right? So how are you supposed to talk? Well, I don't know, right? Obviously, uh, you know, we can meet in coffee houses, right? Because I don't know, whatever. Listen, I don't, I don't, but anyways. I don't hide behind it. I, I, I find what, one of the things that COVID has taught me Yep. is people in the back rooms, wherever you are, it doesn't matter, um, in a group of 10 people, they're all going to say relatively the same thing. There's going to be the one that there's always going to be the extremes, but for the most part, you get a group of like-minded guys together. They're all going to be like, yeah, this is BS, don't like it, whatever. But when the cards start to go, 9 of the 10, maybe 10 of the 10, all are abiding by two-week quarantine or abiding by... Uh, if it's a variant now and it's 24 day, they're going to buy by it. Oh, well, I, I got this. And I, my, my thing is, is what I've really struggled with is like, you're just, you literally just said that you thought it was all BS, but now it's just like, no, it's, it's real. It's, and, and so to me, I understand choose your words very carefully because it's like, if you're going to say something and you don't follow through with what you say, even if it's as simply as like, I don't believe in masks, then you shouldn't wear a mask anywhere. And you should be okay with the consequences of not doing that because that's what you believe. And as soon as you start saying something, but then not following through it, now you're telling yourself a different story. And that is a dangerous thing, I think, right? Like we're all powerful behind closed doors, but as soon as we get in front of a mic or in front of people or in front of a, you know, police officer, if we don't firmly believe in our stance, you know, Heath McDonald, if you believe in something, stand behind it. Those words ring. I'm like, huh. yeah, those are good words. They're good words. Yeah. The, the, uh, as I was preparing for this chat with you, 
again, I'm sorry I didn't have a chance. Maybe it's good again not to look up, uh, you know, a theory or a philosophy on it. But I, I, I'm kind of imagining myself like this is, you know, like these masks, you know, like th there's a, a whole debate on which ones work and don't work and how the people got them on their chin or don't wear them or they're dirty or, you know, they haven't washed them in, you know, the last 30 days or, you know, like it's kind of like, but then you can take them off and you can sit five feet from each other in a coffee house and you're okay. Like it's, it's just a lot of, we're all kind of looking at each other and I don't know if I believe this, you know, but sure. And and I kind of envision that let's get out of the mask debate for a moment. It's kind of like humans. I, I, we must have a programming in us that even though I know there's danger in walking that way, as long as I'm walking with another thousand people, I'm like, well, we might as well just keep walking there. I just seen a video the other day of water buffalo crossing a river in Africa. And, you know, the first four went. Well, after the first four went, I, there, there must have been 10,000. I don't know, 5,000. It was just, I've never seen or heard that, but I don't know how many were there. But they're all just like, looks like we're going that way. We're going for broke. And uh, and I kind of wonder if us humans are kind of the same to where we're like, well, I, everybody seems to be dropping off in front of me, but whatever, I guess as everybody's walking this direction, the herd must know. You know, and so there's probably, and maybe that's in us, Sean, so we, we are, we can gather and be compliant and live in peace so that whatever the group does, we'll just kind of do. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a good thing for stability of society, but I wonder if sometime it can't lead us to jump off a cliff, you know, uh, because everybody did it. You know, does that make sense to you? Is that a bad analogy? No, it's not a bad analogy at all. I I think probably 99% of the time, yeah. it's for the most part, a good thing, right? Probably like, helps us a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, sure. like uh, you put your, just do a, sanit uh, a sanitarian, uh, yep. sanitation, sanitarium. God, I can't think of the word. I like them both. They both work for me. <laughs> but but uh, I was listening to your, your Dr. Shiva yep. and he said, probably the most impactful people on the entire world have been plumbers and garbage people, right? Right. Whether whether the world sanitation. wants to, Sanita yeah, yeah, sanitation. Yeah. Whether the people want to believe that or not, yeah. and they think you know doctors and scientists and everything are more. It's like, well, no, actually, it turns out getting your shit away from your drinking water and where <laughs> yeah. you live is yeah. a pretty big thing. Yeah, and then on top of that, you know, not living in filth is a really big thing, right? And so, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, the so uh, um, like, sorry yeah. to. If we, if you all walk different ways, it'd probably be hard to get people to fall in line, right? On certain things that are really beneficial to all of society. And the people right now on the COVID side are going to argue, just follow the rules. Like there's still people that are, no, just follow the rules. Well, we'll get through this. Mm -hmm. Even if it's another year, we'll get through this. Just follow the rules. And at the start, I was like that. I was like, I'm just going to follow the rules. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not going to stick my head up. Just take care of my family and everything. But the problem is, the longer it goes, the more you just see the hypocrisy and the more people you, you start to listen to that are very smart but are walking the opposite direction of the entire society. And you're like, well, why, why are they doing that? And then you listen to them and you're like, Huh, that's actually a really smart point. Dr. Shiva is one of them. You just introduced me to him. I don't yep. know why I fight. I fought it with you. I know better than to fight Ken Rutherford. He's talking highly about something. It's probably about time I just sat down and listened to it and seen for myself. And Dr. Shiva, I've listened to a bunch of them now. And I just he's a guy who goes against mainstream media, against uh, all the thoughts around the immune system and COVID-19 and getting vaccinated and everything else. And once again, we're getting into the mud of like, mm. we're not trying to argue that. It's yep. just, you're mentioning, are we a herd? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like, just look at what we all do within 
three-week period, everybody was wearing masks. And it just took enough of a push from the government that we all started doing it. Like, it must be a really, really, really interesting job or maybe <clears throat> feeling to have that much power. To be at the very top and to be like, listen, me and Ken are in a room. Do mass work. And we've had this conversation lots. I don't know why it always comes back to mass. It's the most visible. Yeah. And it's the most visible to see that everybody's doing it. You got two sides that are really smart. One saying you absolutely need to. One side saying you absolutely don't need to. The other side's completely wrong and they argue. So now me and Ken are sitting in a room and we're, we're the leaders. It's like, well, you're catching flack if you don't make people wear it. Because it's not like one, you know, one country did it and 99 didn't. But you're going to catch flack if you do do it because the other side is going to be unhappy. But the ability to just, that's what we're doing. And then to have, you know, what's Canada? 30, 30 is it 34 million? 34 million? 35 million? I don't know. Just under number. 40 million. But yeah, yeah, sure. somewhere in, there, in the 30s of millions yeah. of people, 30s, yeah. all of a sudden million. just everybody falls in line wearing masks. Like, what a feeling that must be. Yeah, you, you, I I make the error of, I'm trying to correct my, my own uh, compass. I make the error of assuming that uh, the majority of people are good people that just want the best for others. You know, I, it's kind of maybe maybe what I, I f have in my head. But like, let's take Doug Ford for a moment. You know, like he put Ontario on strict lockdown. Like you got to call that pretty close to being a police state. You know, like if I think about a continuum, well, right. can can you back it up yep. can you, uh, for people? Because I had oh. to explain to my wife. I I think maybe you should just give a few details on what Doug Ford empowered his police and everything else okay. uh, to do in what was that like a week stretch? a week ago? Yeah. Like didn't it so maybe we'll back up for a second. Uh, Doctor Shiva, if you listen to his stuff, in the end he becomes a little little bit political, you know, and because I think he ran for office, and so some of his later stuff, I'm like, ah, easy on the politics, you know. But if you go back, to, he's he's a academic. He's got multiple degrees, MIT. He teaches, I think, in the med school at MIT. And he, he, he breaks it down exactly, according to him, how the immune system works. And it's, it's a complex beast, as everything in the human body and this, and the, on this earth is. So if you're, if you're, if you're, I, I'm not saying I'm, uh, he's 100% right. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know. But I know he made me go, hmm, that's, that's pretty deep. It's because of Dr. Shiva that we, we, all this winter we've been taking zinc. We've been taking uh, 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 vitamin D. We've been taking... Uh, Oh, shoot, we take put a few drops in our smoothie every morning. But because of him, because of he explained how the cell walls work and how, how this works and how that works. and yeah. But anyways, everybody else can listen out on their own. Uh, I purposely don't get too detailed right now into the daily COVID updates and the restrictions and what the laws are. I'm just kind of getting the general gist of it because it, it stresses me out. It causes me mental mental stress, and I kind of want to fight or puke or get mad or, or you know, it, I, so, but my understanding on, on Doug Ford is he, he clamped down hard. He was like, you people, this is my, my perspective on it. I could be wrong. He said, you don't want to listen. We're going to come down hard on you. You people are doing this and I, I am the ruler and you will listen. Well, Kenny, they had police at yeah. the access from Manitoba into Ontario sitting on the highway. Yep. They gave special, I don't know, are we calling it powers? to cops to pull over anyone they wanted to, including people walking. You had to be so far away from your home if it wasn't out for um, uh, work purposes or, you know, like it, it, it was, it was like, oh, wow. Like, and that's, you know, Vance Crow, a guy that I'm in his book club, he messaged me immediately, me and Quick Dick actually, and was like, Are, is this real? Right? Like, is, and we're like, yeah. And he's like, 
like right now in St. Louis, it feels like COVID isn't even real anymore. And he's watching that. And I know the United States, you know, I say this, you know, once again, who cares what your belief on vaccination is? Once vaccinations hits a, so far, you're going to start to see things loosen theory. off. Yeah. yeah. And in the States, that's what's happening, mm-hmm. right? As more people are vaccinated, it's starting to loosen. But Vance was one guy who texted immediately. and was like, is this actually happening? I'm like, yeah, like, I, I don't even know what to say, right? Like, I don't think it'll ever happen in the West, but I never thought it would be happening in Canada. And there it is in Ontario. Yeah, we got to remember, like, uh, what was that show? Like, you, you, you always talked about, like, Jurassic Park, and we've read uh, Jordan Pearson on, uh, was it Pinocchio? You know, is, uh, what was the show where the guy puts the ring on? Uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Remember the, when he puts on the ring, and he turns into that demon-looking, evil, you know, and maybe, you know, the, 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 the saying, absolute power corrupts absolutely. You know, I think there's a lot of weight to that. And so maybe, Sean, if you're the premium of one province, I'm the other one, and we, we're given, like, you just do what you need to do to make the people do what you think they need to do. We might be putting on a ring, right? And that's kind of how it appears to me to Doug Ford. I'm sure these, these politicians, we know there's politicians in our area. These aren't evil people. They don't set out to, I don't, maybe some of them do, but I don't know. But Doug Ford, you know, uh, like this Charter Rights and Freedoms, we either got to say it's valuable or let's flush it in the toilet. Right, really. Like that's, let's be bluntly honest here. Let's get out of well, this. Well, you bring up the Charter Rights and yeah. Freedoms. The, the so I, I wrote down what stuck out to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to read it all. Well, the one Doug Ford, like, for example, he says, uh, uh, I think he gave police power to stop anybody and question them anywhere as to where they're going and gave them uh, uh, increased police powers. Well, I kind of flip open this weird document, Carl, Charter, Canadian Charter Rights and Freedoms. Apparently it might have been important at one point in time. Everyone, everyone has the right to be secure against unreasonable search and seizure. Well, Doug Ford flushes that in the toilet. Yeah. Because he... Because the king has spoken. Well, did you did you see that video I sent you this morning? The police forces look like they're like, okay, this is even getting unpalatable by our standard. You know, we're supposed to be the police. He's crying. He's crying. I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. Okay, sure. <laughs> you flushed the Charter Rights and Freedoms down the toilet. Now, you're, now you want us to forgive you? I'm sorry. You know, to me, I don't trust you anymore. And maybe that's something that's come out of this for me is a lack of trust of a lot of people that are in power. You know, uh, um, and maybe it's time for... For us normal people, maybe it's time for a mechanic to become our MLA. Maybe it's time for a, a truck driver to become our premier. Enough of this career politician well, stuff. Well, you, you said last episode, it's selfish if we only look after ourselves. And then you said, the government is us. We are the government, you and I. And if this is true, then the onus is on us to do what is right. And I'm curious, you know, we haven't got to the Maverick yep. Party. Like I keep kind of like spinning around, we get, yep. we get pulled off. You've been a guy that I look at, Kenny. I've told you this behind scenes multiple times. I think everything you say, I think you'd be a great politician. I think you would. Now, that doesn't mean uh, it pays well. It doesn't mean uh, maybe it's crappy office hours and you're not around your family as much as you want to be. It doesn't. I, I don't know all the inner workings of that. But when you talk about, um, you know, when you're 85 and you look at your children and, and they go, what was it like, Dad? Well, I did X. Have you figured out what X is? Are you going to be a politician? Are you going to, has Mavericks convinced you? Has Wild Rose, I don't know, you probably can't do Wild Rose, but you know what I mean. Has well, anything convinced you that way? Have you, have you figured out what your X is? I got to say, the, my initial reaction is, I think you'd make a good politician. My, my, I know you mean it well, because of my own internal belief system. It's like, I think you'd make a great used car salesman. You no, know, okay. Well, then let's you know rewind I mean? that back. No, I know. I know you don't no, mean No, no, no. What I mean is uh, you're a guy I look at 
where I respect everything you do. And that's what I want out of a politician. So what I mean is, is if you put your name on the ballot tomorrow, I can, like, immediately, I'm voting for Ken Rutherford. And I think in our area, particularly, I think I'm not the only one like that. I think there's probably thousands of people that would be like, yeah. And in my short experience of paying attention to politics, I've found very few people that I would be like, who? Ken Rutherford is running? Like, immediately. And that's no knock on all politicians. I don't follow, I haven't been around politics enough. In working with you and the things that you were that mean a lot to you in your talks about freedom and like like we need to get the Constitution back or the Charter of Rights and Freedom, sorry. Like to me, I'm like I get all that and the way you talk about it and the way you conduct yourself. That's what I want out of a politician. That's what I want. I want that. So I thank you for saying that, Sean. And and I would think the exact same thing of you as I would of many members in our community. Yes, you true. Know, and and something that's come to my brain. Well, and I mean, yes, true about other members. No, I don't think too. I'd be... No, no, no. no. We're not going to try and no. shoehorn <laughs> Sean into, hey, yeah, you'd be good. you talk. Well, you would. But no, but, but let's... Uh, um, uh, somebody said it in one of the meetings I was in, you know, and my brain was here too. Was, I'm, a, I'm a Saskatchewan guy. And, and uh, so he's like, we're, we're sitting here waiting for some yes, we are. knight in shining armor to ride in and Brad Wall's going to come save us or Brett Wilson or Stephen Harper's going to come back. They're not here. Folks, they're not coming. Maybe they won't ever come. Maybe they're great people. Maybe they got every reason. They got grandkids or they're, they got their own issues. That's okay. But maybe this is wonderful. Normal people got to look at each other and say, it's time to run for everything. Not just MLAs. The, 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 the issue, I, a lot of our, it's coming apparent to me that politics are very important. You know, I used to look at them like, yeah, whatever. Just do your thing. Yeah. Take some taxes. Well, when times are good. Tell me when to vote. I'll go vote. Oh, I'll talk about it a couple over a beer on a Friday night to what I think of this policy or that policy, but I just don't want to be involved in it. But it came to me this, is that we've got to get involved in everything. We've got to get involved in our school boards. We've got to get involved in our municipal politics. If you believe in something, run, run. You have to. This whole day of where we just sat on our own and took care of ourselves, went for a day's, uh, day's work and, and you know went on to Mexico once a year, might be behind us. That's maybe a great thing. It's maybe time for us all. I don't know. All I know is I'm getting involved and I'm going to do something. I'm going to be a part of something. And I, uh, my on all this right now is that have I got involved with Maverick Party? Yes, I have. And I don't care who it is. I want the best person to run. I want the best person who represents our values to run. And uh, um, so Maverick Party is maybe I, I, I just joined. I actually, I did. I'm, I'm on the, the electoral district uh, EDA, uh, the board for this Saskatchewan area on the on, on the Saskatchewan side of things here. And where I, what I, I'm not for separation at this point. You know, I think that's maybe a marketing issue for these parties. Wild Rose Party on the Alberta side, Buffalo on the Saskatchewan and, and uh, uh, Maverick Party. I, I think I was in error thinking that a lot of them were like, oh, we're separating. Like you vote for them and they win. We're out. And it's just too cool issue. I was, I was leery to vote for them or put my support behind them because I'm like, we got a lot of things to work out. Like how about anybody talk to the First Nations? Because I think they have a say in this. What about police? What about debt? What about a fi- money supply? You know, what about, what about, what about, you know, we're, we're not, we're, we don't touch ocean. So how are we, how are we going to get our, and, and I find a lot of people say, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. We can't move product. Shut your mouth. Well, you know, unless you've, it's, it's like, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson. A lot of people hate Jordan Peterson. Did you read the book? No. Okay. Sounds good. Let's just talk about something else then. Cause until you've depth, you know, jumped into this, you're, you're not worth, it's not worth our time. 
So there, these are deep, deep topics. And what I'm finding is that what I am for is autonomy. I am for the, for sure for that. I believe that Canada's too big. We're too diverse. We should have more say at our local levels. And, and I, I, um, I think, did I mention this to you? Like when I was coaching senior hockey, when you were playing, every time, I, I, I don't know if I told you this, but every time we'd sing the Canadian anthem, I'd look at the Canadian flag and I sang every word because what I noticed is less and less people are singing the Canadian anthem. It's like just something to get through. I was like, I'm the next, my, my grandfather fought in the world war and I won't be that generation that quit singing the, the, the national anthem. And every time I'd get a tear well up my eye because I think about what went on into that flag. And I thought, I'm a Canadian first, but I am for autonomy because the, the politicians chase votes and, and Ontario, Quebec have the mass amounts of our seats. And I think, and what I'm learning is that that's, that's the obvious. And I'm finding, in my opinion, that it's okay to be different. Like instead of being mad at Quebec, let's celebrate it. They're different. That's okay. The Maritimes are different. That's okay. You know, BC is different. That's okay. And, and we, we're different here in, the, in Saskatchewan, Alberta. We're just different, I think. And that's okay. You know, you're from a big family, a big family. Some of my, my brothers and sisters love to live in cities. Some don't. Some like the hunt. Some don't. Some like to, and it's okay. We don't, we don't have to hate each other. So I'm for autonomy. And that's what all these parties are, are aiming for first is more rights and more say over their local affairs. Like for example, um, Wild Rose Party, although I can't vote for them because I'm not an Alberta resident, you know, just go to their website. Here's their mission. They want to affirm all individual rights and freedoms. I like that. Make that clear to me. That's a big one. You know, this wishy-washiness, you know, of, of the, the, the federal parties, I'm done with them, myself personally. Uh, establish an accountable Alberta police force. I like that. You know, like the, I'm, I'm for that. Establish an Alberta revenue agency to collect their own taxes. Hmm. Let's wrestle some of that out of Ottawa's hands. Um, uh, there was one on, I don't know if they say it here, but on having our own chief firearms officer. I'm tired of the whole, every three years, we're going to take all the guns away and we're going to lock them all up and we're going to take what? No, no. How, how about we just take care of that ourselves? I, I don't intend on going to shoot anybody. All my guns are all locked up properly. You know, so I'm, I'm for this. Even if we never separate all these things that these parties are standing for, more autonomy, I'm for. When it comes time to decide on whether it's, we want to leave Canada or not, at that point in time, I'm, I'm going to have to think because I don't know. What, right now, my vote is no until I know a lot more. Yeah. You know, so Maverick Party, yes, I'm involved with, and they have a two-pronged approach. It's not, if you vote Maverick or Wild Rose or Buffalo, you're not separating the following morning. Like, we don't even have a constitution. You know, we, we tra trade trade agreements, you know, money supply. How do we handle the debt? These take a look, look at Britain. It's not like you just leave the following morning. These are long discussions. So to me, I'm voting for them and I'm putting my, hat, my, uh, my hand into a, a voting, I'm, I, barring something changing drastically, that, that is who I plan on voting for because I want autonomy. I, uh, now, uh, political seats, Sean, what's led me there? Um, in Canada, we just got to be honest with each other. Uh, uh, total seats in Canada, uh, 338, okay, in Canada. Guess how many are in Alberta and in Quebec alone? Take Alberta and Quebec? Uh, sorry, Ontario and Quebec. 80-some? No, sorry, you said 300-some. Out of 338 total? 180-some. Uh, uh, you're getting close, higher. 220? Yeah, 199. Okay, so Alberta and Saskatchewan combined. Guess how many we have? Oh, God. 45? You're very close, man. 48. The, the vote is decided by the time it gets to us. We vote for no purpose. Almost, right? So it's like, and, and if you're a politician, you care about votes. You care, you have to. If we're a political, if we're a federal party, 
you cannot lobby for the West and, and in something that isn't in favor with the East and you will never win. It's just not mathematically possible. I think it's time for us to admit that. It is what it is. Is it perfect? No. Is it okay? I don't know. But, it, but it's the rules of the game. And so the Maverick Party is trying to be the Reform Party, you know, in their first version, where it's saying, let's get some MPs to, to Ottawa and, and they vote for the West. And, and when it's a minority government, they can say, listen, we'll side with you on this, but you got to give us something back. So it's kind of like trying to be like Parti Québécois out of Quebec. And we might argue that Parti Québécois has done a pretty good job for Quebec. You know, and, and maybe we should take a, a you know, a page out, a of, their page book. out of their book. And so for now, till I, I'm seeing different, I like it. And I'll tell you what else I like. You go to this, these meetings and there is zero people with political experience. These are farmers. These are, are normal everyday people, me, you know, and they are taking time out of their lives to put their own gas in their own vehicles, to drive to all these little communities to have, and you go out to these things, it's farmers, it's lo local entrepreneurs, it's, it's. Like we're heading into seeding season, right? You Farmers shouldn't be taking a day out of their life to come to a political meeting when there isn't even an election called and they're coming. That tells me something. Grassroots. This is maybe time for us normal everyday people to say, let's, let's get it out of these career politicians' hands. Let's quit lying to yourself. Let's take our matters into our own hands. I'm for it. What do you think, Sean? I think this is why you need to be in politics. Mm -hmm. You said, whether it's a school board, whether it's X, Y, Z, right? I find it's what motivates you. So do what motivates you, right? So mm. if you're motivated to, uh, you get, you know, let's use a school board or 4-H or something, right? Like you want to make sure that it's ran properly, the best leadership, uh, get involved. That, that's what you're saying. And when I watch you with all your sheets fanned out and the Ken Rutherford way of like, this is how I attack problems. I watch that and I go like, and to me, that's why I'd love to see you uh, representing people, representing what I want. Because, you know, if you threw me into politics tomorrow, I'm going to be honest. Like, I'll, I'll try. I'll sink or swim. I have no idea. But I'll, I don't know if I'll ever get to where Kenny is at. Like, I watch what you just did, and I go, and that's why I think you'd be great. Like, I think you'd be great at it. And I think you'd run away with it. I, I, I do. But you represent exactly the type of person I want to see um, – talking and you never know like maybe there's lots of people that are like ken and they get in there and it changes them but i go no i know ken pretty good and, and i don't think it's going to change him i think he's going to speak his mind and if that doesn't work then maybe we are too far down this road and there's no way to change hmm. it but you can't ask people that aren't into politics to be like you should go run for politics it's like no that probably won't work either because you know just representation but a crappy representation. We've all dealt with the person that, man, uh -huh. oh. The, but we've all had that same person that's really good at something, and they're using their skills, and you're like, actually, they're pretty good at that. Like, they're actually pretty good at that. Yeah. The um, so like when you say you could be that, no, you're you're the exact same, Sean. I've done many things with you, and when you go, you just you get into it. But let me throw this at you. I got pulled into a uh, not pulled into. I got. I don't even know how I got a ticket into this. It was a, it was a, a quiet meeting with, with some of the inner brains of the Wild Rose Party, and I was for sure the dumbest person in the room, by far. <laughs> ticket, ticket into the, uh, a secret meeting. I think you're already in the club, Kenny. Uh, they must be grooming you. <laughs> uh, no, it, I, I, it was an error. It was an error. The, but my point is, is that there were some smart people in there. It, it gave me hope, actually, to go, 
oh, oh, there's some brains into this. There, there's some thought put into this. There, 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 we, we might have a brighter future instead of a dimmer future, maybe. I don't know. I'm not saying Wild Rose is a savior. I don't know. Maybe they're good, maybe they're bad. I'm just telling you what I've seen in the room was some passionate people doing the same thing, investing their own time, spending their own money, right? You know, figuring out how to, how to think their way through this. And the one guy that uh, I won't say any names because I don't know what I'm at liberty to say or not say, but he said, I hope I'm quoting him correctly. There's two, two characteristics you should have in a politician. Number one is be, how do you put it? He said it's much better than I would, but to be of good morals. Number two is to be smart. And number one is the, is the most important and that's the necessary one. Number two is if, if you can get them both, great. And that said something to me is like, so anybody that's listening to this, I, for me, I think it's time, oh, you're just a, a farm wife. No, you're not just a farm wife. If you, if you care and you, you've got something to say, it's time to stand up, right? I'm just a, put, put your name behind this. I'm just a, no, you're not just on anything. It's time for That's us. true. It's fine, time for us to take, you don't have to be good at talking. You don't have to have a bit of, might even be better if you were never a politician. So you don't owe anybody any favors. You, you don't have any, you know, old buddies or old, old friends. You only, you know, it's just, it's time for us to do, to come up and just, and be open, you know, like, so Sean, something I'm going to say is, my primary motivator is that I'm concerned for where we're going. Like to me, like, uh, uh, and it's, I don't know for, for, for me to be a hundred percent into something. I need to hear that. We're going to, we got a plan to get off this COVID, uh, uh, bandwagon. And to me right now as a society, I, I don't mean to go back into it for a moment, yeah, but I'm just going to j- right. jump in for a moment is that I think right now, like every day we get the COVID update, we get this, we get this, there are many hospital beds, there's this, the premiers are locked. It, it consumes so much of our time and energy. And um, my one of my biggest motivators is our children. I have six of them, oldest of six. I've coached, I, I don't know how many athletes I've coached, lots. I've coached for the last, I don't even know how many years. You've, called, you've coached multiple teams. <laughs> at once, yeah, yeah. And I teach and, and I'm, just, I'm just so behind our youth. That's our future. We got to take care of those. That's our pr- most precious resource, I think. And there's so much time that we're being, well, yeah, but like if you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill a grandma. I don't know, maybe. But let me go through some stats here for you. Right now, there, there's so many other members of our, our community that we need to worry about in addition to the, the, the people that are, could be harmed by COVID. I'm going to focus on the kids. Somebody else can focus on the, on the homeless and on the opioid uh, addicted and, and there's just too much information for me to take it all in. But let me start with this. Our, our, our most recent data, because to me, again, like it's too many feelings about um, COVID. So I, I'm like, if I was stuck on an island all by myself and I couldn't talk to anybody, you know, should I be scared of COVID? When I look at this, so this is uh, data updated as of April 21st. I pulled this just from the, the Alberta website this morning. Um, they've, they have the... T- to me, like, do the t- are the tests right? Are they wrong? Are, the, are people this? Are people, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But what I'm just, I'm just going to go to the best statistics I can find. It's on deaths. It's hard to argue. Did somebody die? Yes or no? It's, it's a binary. It's easy to say they either died or they didn't die. So I'm going to go right to that statistic. When I count the Alberta, what do they say? There's 2,054 people who died with COVID, according to the Alberta w- website. When I look at that, uh, my stripped out the stats, 94% of the people that are in that category are over the age of 60. Okay, so I look at that. I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, it's starting to suggest it's age-related. Makes, okay, I'm cool with that. Now, when I go, they say comorbidities. They list the comorbidities. Comorbidities being cardiovascular disease, chronic 
chronic kidney disease, diabetes, hypertension, cancer, dementia, stroke, bad things, liver, liver cirrhosis, you know, uh, serious illnesses. <clears throat> Percent of people who have died with COVID, with one or more of those comorbidities, it's, it's 97.5%. So I go 94% over 60, 97.5 with at least one core. These are elderly people with an illness that, that appear to be at most risk. I think we know that. Now, I'm, I, I don't know whether they died from COVID, with COVID, I get you. But now that's our focus as a society. Every dang day we're getting this, how many people got it? How many people in your community have it? What's our, our hospital account? How, when are we out of beds? You and I are, are people that know that there's more to the story than this. But let me ask you, or one other, I've talked about utilitarianism before, where we've got to make decisions that create the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. How many people died of opioid death this last month? Do you know? Don't know. I don't know either. You know, uh, do you know how many people without, went without food, uh, uh, you know, this last month due to, due to shutdowns or losing businesses or layoffs? Do you know? No, I don't either. I'm, I, like, we need to focus on more than just this. I, I like there's nice stats. Think of how many people are employed to just kick up the stats that I just put out. So the one I'm going to focus on in kit is kids. Let's just go like this. Let's say I, I imagine like a room where we've got a giant monitor and we've got like every segment of society and we kind of keep a running total of who's being helped or hurt by all these decisions and whatever kicks up the biggest number, whether we agree with it or not, we got to make that decision. Right. And we're only focusing on this COVID. Well, uh, I, I decided to jump in. There's a, an article from the Toronto star, uh, from December 13th of 2020. So very recent. Okay. Um, the article is called, you can, anybody can Google, it's called 4 million cries for help calls to kids help phone soar amid pandemic. In the previous year, this kid's help phone where you can, I guess you can text it. You can call it. Uh, if you're, if you have any kind of you're, you're suicidal, you're depressed, anything like that. 2019, they had 1.9 million contacts in 2020. Uh, guess how much it went up to? You want to guess? Five million. Yeah, you're close. It's four million. 111% increase. These are kids. Uh, calls per day, over 800 calls per day. Imagine being a counselor on the end of that line. You're talking to a 12-year-old. Suicidal. Um, 10 calls per day with where the police have to get involved because they're suicidal. These are kids that 10 people, they have to ask the police to respond because 10 of these kids are like, they think this is the one, cops, you got to get to 4201 57th Street because there's a child that's suicidal. There's another document called, uh, or another organization called um, Children Canada, First Canada. It's, so it's, it's an advocacy group for, for kids that takes data and reports and says, listen, these are the risks to Canadian children. Um, I'll just rattle these off. And there's a document called Top 10 Threats to Childhood in Canada. According to this, uh, um, suicide is the second leading cause of death in their youth between 15 and 24. Second leading cause of death, 15 and 24. It's the leading cause of death for children 10 to 14. Highest among First Nations are Inuit and Métis. Uh, 57% uh, uh, in the 15 to 7-year-old range uh, rated their mental health as being somewhat worse or much worse compared to time before uh, COVID measures came in. 50% saying I'm worse or much worse from pre-COVID to, to in-COVID. Uh, one third of Canadians report COVID uh, has had a moderate or major impact on their financial ability to meet financial obligations and essential needs. One, set, one in seven households has food insecurity uh, uh, post-COVID. Uh, percent of children that are meeting their, their movement guidelines, physical activity, 
so that are meeting their movement guidelines on a daily basis. According to this document, five to 11 years, 11 year old uh, segment, 4.8%, 12 to 17 year old, 0.8%. These kids aren't moving. They're stuck at home. They're depressed. Not all of them, I get it, but we're, this is data. You know, I've went to a data document. Kids are hurting, they're suicidal, and we have an onus. You know, we could claim ignorance. Prior to me reading this, I could claim I didn't know. Now I do. So I'm done with the COVID talk. I'm done with, I get it. The, the old and the elderly at risk, I care about them. And I care about these children. We can't focus on one. So now there's an onus on me to do something, which is, and whether I like it or not, our laws and our policies are created through politicians. You have to get there. Folks, we got to get, we got to influence through our votes, through our advocacy groups, through running for office. If you don't like the statistics I just said, then do something about it. So it's, it's, well, it's, it's hanging heavy on me. Obviously I'm, I'm, I'm choking up as I'm reading it. So that's where I'm at is if our politicians that are in place today are just going to do the daily COVID count and, and, and do another lockdown, that's just the kids. Like we, we, somebody else is going to care about the homeless, right? And, and those with opioid deduction or uh, opioid um, deaths and overdoses. And they're going to choke up as they're reading those. I, I, it's too much for me, but I'm on the side of kids and I, I got to advocate for them and I got to do something. Well, now I've talked a lot. You go. Well, I don't know what to say to that, Kenny. Like, I didn't know all those stats. How can you unhear that? Mm-hmm. Everybody who just listened to that is going to go, holy shit, right? Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. When, you, when, you, when you're talking about the different age groups and then meeting their, their movement, I'm like, it's going to be low. Like, I'm thinking like, I don't know, 10%. Mm. Zero point, whatever you said. I'm like, oh my God. Like, that should shock everyone who just heard that. That just, sh- I, I don't know what to say to that. All I know is, I'm just, I'm, it's why I've been f- fueling, mm. you know, as much as you, um, you got to sur- surround yourself with people that, uh, that care for you, right? And have your best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. And so I see how you react to this. So I fuel your fire because I'm like, you can't have, uh, you know, if, if I go back to when we started the podcast, if you would have said, nah, it's an okay, whatever idea, nah, you sure started over there, but you fueled the fire and now there, here's where it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I can ever repay that. But when, I, when I hear you talk like that, I'm like, I'm oh, in. Whatever, mm-hmm. let's do something. I don't know what it is. I mean, you, you, we haven't brought up the bike trip. I know yeah. it's 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 not getting kids moving, but it was a way to do something that brings our community together around something that needs to be brought. And I I I, I don't know how to solve that problem. I I don't. I'm like, we need to put pressure on our politicians. We need Ken Rutherford in politics. I'll say it a thousand times on this thing. Um. Whether or not that happens, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but whether or not that happens is, be, is beside the point. What we're saying is change needs to happen. It mm. needs to happen quick. Like you can't go five more years like this and expect that 20 years down the road, you're not going to reap what you sow. It's like we need to find our way out of here. And right now we're not confident that the people leading are going to do that for us. Until I hear them talking about more than just uh, COVID restrictions and lockdowns, and we might have to keep everybody in their in their basement until the the new vaccination is out for the newest variant. This is this is a journey to come up forever. So, Sean, now I'm going to pump your tires. Let's jump off that for a moment. Uh, well, uh, we can transition to it. We yeah. can transition. It, it, the thing is, is I so in my two month journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the two months since we talked, I went 
I'm not going to sit by and and do hockey mm. player after hockey player. If anyone's been listening to this podcast, which I got a lovely audience, so I know you all have, but I mean, at some point you're like, man, is he ever going to get back to like hockey players and maybe getting like Wayne Gretzky on here? And I made a conscious choice, and I probably should have said it, and maybe I did say it at some point, but I I just went okay. There's more going on here than just the NHL. Let's figure out some things. Good Let's see you. if I can I can figure mm-hmm. some things out. So I've really taken a, a hard right. And that's where Daniel Smith, that's the Ben Equay, yep. that's all these different conversations, having you and Tanner on. And I just came to the conclusion that, and and honestly, like Samir Saeed was part of that, watched Mikey Dubs run 120-some K, and just went, you know, like, we can all tomorrow decide to do something and have an impact on our community, our country, our province, like our yep. area. And so... I woke up one day, texted Quick Dick, and said, you know, the story goes. I texted him, hey, uh, you should come here. When are you coming to Lloyd? And he goes, well, you know, the highway runs both ways. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, road trip to Tufton. All right. And then road trip, maybe I'll bike. I want to get back into biking. I've been talking about getting back into biking. Maybe I should raise some money. Okay, I'll raise some money. And then I talked to a few people, and you said something that I don't know if you remember this. When I told you, you were like, Sometimes you just need to think a little bigger. I'm like, oh, yeah, think a little bigger. Mm. All right, okay. That's a dangerous word, but all right, I'll think about that. And so then it went from biking to quick dick to now there's a group of us. And it went from that to what are we raising money for to like and on and on and on. And I gave a, I gave myself a short window to pull it off. I don't need a year to sit around and try and pull something off. And if it only raised $10, so be it, mm-hmm. right? But I'm going to get active because I, hey, Listen, I get bugged all the time, and it looks like you gain a little weight. It's like, yeah, I have. I've, you know, you want to talk about moving around. It's been a year for all of us, yep. group two, that haven't been doing. If you're not doing, you're slowly gaining. Mm-hmm. And so I get it. So I was like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna do something. Stu- I call it my stupid idea, my proof of concept. You've heard yep. the proof of concept a thousand times. So the idea is to bike to Tufnell, Saskatchewan, and back with 10 people and raise money for uh, breakfast programs in schools so bike for breakfast i got to give credit to neki jamal for for coining that and you know i'm happy now that you, you read off your stats i'm like it ain't fixing mm-hmm. their movement problem but it is fixing the problem that i think we need the youth to be strong learners get smarter better learn from our mistakes and you know hopefully follow in our footsteps a little bit yeah and so by putting money towards our schools and when i say schools you know, I got to give credit to Ken Rutherford here because I was thinking, you know, okay, if we could just do Lloyd and a few surrounding areas, well, that ballooned to 57 kilometers. And I'll do, I'll try and round it off. That's that's 16 schools in Lloyd. That's Lloyd Public, Lloyd Catholic. Uh, to the south, you have Onion Lake, Paradise Hill, Hillmond. Or to the north. Uh, to the north, yep. yeah, to the north, sorry. Uh, Lashburn, Marshall, Neilberg, Marsden, PV. Kid Scotty, Marwayne, Dewberry, Clan, Donald. Did I hit them all? I think you have them all. Yeah. So, so like you, it's thirty, it's thirty some schools, and and that is, that's a little bit overwhelming. Yep. But I'm like, screw it. If it falls flat on its face, the most that comes out of it is I'm moving again, and that's a good thing. What I think is going to happen is, well, now I got nine other people moving with me. Yep. Rallying so it's a, around a spark. Rallying yep. around a common thing that is going to do wonders for our schools. Yep. And isn't that a way of just like showing everybody in the area, if, you, if you're, if you you know, going back to enlisting people to, we got to start doing something here. It's like, 
We do. Mm. It doesn't mean you have to run to politics first. I would think it could be a lot of different things Anything. that can impact our community Make or your community. Your community. Yeah, so you reached out to, to, to me and to a few others and said, are, are you busy? <laughs> right? It's like, no, not really. Just been kind of sitting around Netflix binging, right? No, And you're like, I got this idea. I, I want a bike. Do you want to come? I'm like, you bugger. What are you doing? Raising money for, for, for kids' food for, for schools. The schools have been hit hard. Their, 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 their budgets have been cut, and there's probably kids going hungry, and I, w- I want to do something. Oh, Sean. But I, I don't even think I left that phone call, and I said, I'm in. You're like, well, babe, you should probably talk to your wife. I'm like, yes, out of respect for her, I should call my wife. And then what did you do? You've got you know, this group, uh, Neki Jamal, dentist town, Nigel Dubey, coaches junior A team in town, Natalie Weeb and, and Becky Grassell, a couple teachers in Lloyd, Jim Taylor from Grinding Gears, Brad Hoffman from Fourth Meridian, uh, Tracy Matthews. And I've got a question mark here. There's one more that, that you and I got to gotta meet with here. And, uh, and, and then these students. So you gave me the job of calling each of these schools to find out, you know, as long as they have a food program in place and they have a need, we want to partner with them. And we're going to rally the community to to help these students the numbers the by my count and from the, the spreadsheet that i did you know, <laughs> we're over ten thousand students that are the, of the lloyd mr strong area this is our chance for well we just rattled off the stats on on food insecurity you know the, the households are lacking food you know the, we, we got little jiggers there trying trying to trying to learn on an empty stomach and you and i both have wives that are teachers we both know that there's quiet sandwiches and, and granola bars and apples brought in from these good teachers in this area that just kind of, it's coming through our budgets, right? You know, and other, other households' budgets that it's just quietly feeding. And, and we know that those, those needs will be covered by those wonderful teachers in the area, but they're going to be getting covered more and more as these budgets cut. You know, these aren't good times in our area and, and government debts are piling up and, and budgets are being slashed. So this is our chance to do something good. And I'll tell you, it sure feels good, Sean. You've, you've, you've asked me to come on it. And Matt, is it ever fun? Look at me. I got a smile on my face as I'm talking about I can't wait to ride on this bike and making some great friends. I've never met Jack, Neki Jamal and all these other good people. And now I get to do this. So good on you, Sean. Good on you. It's a spark you've started. Are we okay with saying what our goal is? Yeah, sure. I, th- I think so. It's a yeah. big number. It's your, it's your, you're, you're, you're the captain. You say it. <laughs> well, we're trying to raise $200,000, right? Like it's, it's a big number. I, I, yeah. When Neki first, you know, we got bannering around what the need was. It takes your breath away a little bit. You're yep. kind of like, oh, okay. But I don't know. I I look at it. You know my. I'm gonna try and explain it. I have I've I've talked this through in my head so many times that I hope I I explain it correctly. You know I gotta give a he he sponsors the podcast. He's been on the podcast. I approached Heath McDonald with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And 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 his family. I shouldn't just single out Heath. Like I approached the McDonald's with it. And um, Heath was like crude master trucking. Yeah. Crude master yep. trucking. Sorry that, you know, he was. He was like, well, what's Hillmont's need? Right. He's Hillmont. I can take care of. And and I pushed on him and I push on everybody. And you know this, that. Um, if you want to go help X, go help X. But you want to come with us, we're going to help the area. And I think it's a really big tip of the cap to the companies that have already signed on. Um, and I got to give a shout out to Neki and, and, and Wayside, right? They're another gold sponsor that are coming on this thing. 
in trusting that the idea is sound and on top of that, knowing they could walk in and affect their community and choosing to affect all the other communities. You know, like, it's going to be over, you know, I don't know, like, you donate $100, a huge chunk of that, let's say you donate $100 and you're from Neilberg, let's mm-hmm. take, like 90-some percent of that is going everywhere but Neilberg. But in saying that, the same is true if a person from Hillmont donates $100 and if Onion Lake donates $100 and P. Hill donates $100. Because I just look at it like everything over at least the last year, if it isn't longer, is trying to pit us against each other. Yeah. And it's taking away good people just talking. Yeah. And I don't know if this can be more than just raising some money for breakfast programs, but I think it could be a start in that... The good people talk. And when good people talk, good things happen. Hell, we know that just by getting 10 of us in, uh, getting on this bike trip, right? Like, just look at the how quickly things start to roll. And, holy man, geez, like th- th- three days ago, I thought, is this a dumb idea? And now I'm like, no, it's, in, it's rolling. But I, I really hope it's a way that, you know, could you walk in, you're from, you're a company from Kid Scotty. Could you walk in tomorrow and solve Kid Scotty's problems? You could. But you come with us. We're going to take care of, of our area. And I, I've said this a ton to people. Like Lloyd Minster is so much more than Lloyd Minster. It's not Lloyd Minster. It's Lloyd Minster in area. I'm a mm-hmm. Hillmont boy. You're a Paradise Hill boy. I mm-hmm. still call Lloyd home. And when I lived in Hillmont, I still called Lloyd home. It's a really weird thing. Yeah. But Lloyd is on an island. I, I think it is, right? We're two hours away from anywhere, right? And we're this small little thing that, you know, is part Alberta, part Sask. Maybe that's a blessing. Maybe that's a curse. But at the end of the day, we got great people here. And I just look at it like, you know, in 40, you know, June 4th to 6th, we're going. What's that? 40 some days. We're hopping on some bikes and we're going to, we're going to bike in 20 K segments Non-stop. for 48 hours straight through the night. Wind they're rain, back. Morning, morning, night. The, the, uh, Sean, the, the, yeah, like I agree with you. The Lloydminster and area, we're one big family. And this it's kind of a cool thing. I'm good on you for doing this is that it makes us go, you know what? I'm from Paradise Hill and the people from Kidscott and the people from Onion Lake, people from Lloydminster, we're all in this together. Let's let's come together. Enough of this division. You know, let's join together. So th- thank you for being the, the spark that got this going. And, uh, uh, you know, like are you, it's really your, your thunder. The, you, you've got a good relationship with Heath and uh, we're aiming for 200000 and Heath steps up and are you okay with saying yeah, what? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Like, so, so Heath McDonald steps up and says, I'm in for $25,000. We're in a time of, of tough oil prices, depressed economy, you know, un- uneasiness of, of, of our future. And you've got people like Heath McDonald stepping up. And, and now how many do we have so far at the 25s? We have two. Uh, two, way, two. Way, Wayside has stepped up. So, I mean, you got to give just, and it, it starts with, with Wayside, right? If yep. they don't, if they don't start with that number, I, I would think, wow, how are we ever, and then they step up and. So we've had companies already stand up, stand up and say, we're, we're in, you're right. The youth is, is, is our future. These are most valuable asset. I'm in, yeah. I'm over 25. Sean, we're called bike for breakfast. I feel like I'm interviewing you now. No, no, no. <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> it's like there. But how do people reach out if they want to get involved with it? And folks, it doesn't have to be 25,000. You know, some of the most special gifts are, are that kid that raises 10 bucks with his, you know, uh, selling lemonade on the side of the road. I know he can't right now with COVID, but you know, whether it's five bucks or it's 50 bucks or it's 500 bucks or it's 
50,000 bucks. You know, it's, it's all going to kids' stomachs. So how do people reach out, Sean? Well, I think probably right now, if you're listening to this, we've got 40 some days. So there's a few things that need to be figured out. We've just set up social media accounts. So bike, uh, bike, the word for, not the number, bike for breakfast. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram. There will probably be so a Facebook page set up. But right now, if you're interested and you want to help or you want to donate, it's interesting in COVID times on how much help we can actually hel- uh, right. have, right? But just just find me on social media and go to the Sean Newman podcast. You can send me a message and we'll see if there's a ways they can help. We don't even have the, you know, it's so, it's so early. Like we we're working, you know, like some of the names I should, I should mention, right. Is Roberge transport have donated. Um, fountain tires stepped up and donated the Kinsman club here in town is going to handle the money. So checks are going to be payable to the Kinsman club. And I got to give a shout out to a longtime listener, Lewis Stang. I made mm-hmm. one phone call. He's like, we're in right. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah. Called, called an emergency meeting yeah. with the Kinsman and, and now they're in. And it's like, everybody can understand that we just, Sometimes we sit around and we wait. You mentioned waiting for people to do something. It's like, no, let's just go do something. Let's do some good. And let's get people talking again. And, and, you know, I don't think think there's a division between all of our little communities. I just think we're all so narrowly focused right now on just holding on. Let's just Mm -hmm. hold on and Mm -hmm. get through this thing. And it's only a few more days. Well, I was there... I thought this was going to end in January. I go back and listen to some of my stuff. I'm like, yeah, just... It's January. Well, here we are, and we're rolling into, you know, June 4th to 6th, and we're unsure of um, social distancing and everything. So we're approaching this thing like we're going to abide by every rule they put in place so that there's 10 of us on a – think about this. There's going to be 10 of us on a 50-passenger bus just so we're, we're spread out. We're COVID-friendly. Yeah. We're, there's going to be no room. We're going to have to find wear a mask. Find, find a find way. Find a way. All right. Yeah. Done. You want us to do that? Sure. Yeah. Great. Where you want me to bathe in hand sanitizer? Great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm biking there yeah. one way or another. Yeah. We're gonna do something good for a community, and we're gonna, we're just gonna. I don't know. I told Samir Saeed, him going and playing in the longest world's longest yeah. hockey game, and not being an NHL player. I, I was sitting at lunch with two buddies, and I was just like, you know, he should have trained more. And they both looked at me and went, and I told Samir this, but they both looked at me and went, Sean, you bike across the country and never biked before. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah, that's a good point. Because like, you're the, training as you went. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what the hell am I talking about, right? Get out of our own heads. Let's go do some good and, mm-hmm. and and push this thing and see if we can't, you know, take care of our area, our kids, bring some some um, good people together. And I, I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I keep saying this. I, I don't like saying the numbers because I'm, I'm not trying to toot anyone's horn. I just think it's cool on the companies that have stepped up that we're at $60,000 and we haven't pushed the pedal, mm-hmm. right? The goal is two hundred thousand. Let's get there. Yeah. Let's let's do some good for all of our all of our community, yeah. all of our kids. This and this isn't elementary focused. It's elementary and high school yeah. because, you know, I I say this all the time. So, wait, you hit high school and you don't have food problems, and and somebody goes, "Wow, you should be able to take care of yourself." You're fifteen, sixteen. I'm like, yeah. Well, what if you get, like, what if you come from nothing? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be good to know that the community cares about you too? They're still kids. Like I look at an eighteen-year-old, and I'm like, "Yeah, sure, you should be able to get a part-time job." And and but there's some people but that are go hurting. But go, go get a part-time job and buy your own groceries. You know, like the I, I don't know, I don't know about that one. You know, like I, I I think it's easy to preach from your high horse when you've got a you know a pair of aces in your hand. You know, like the we were all just a few shakes away from from not being born to the to the family that that has the 
their crap together and has the money to buy the food and has some income stability. You know, all of us, like you and I, Sean, like we're, I, I keep saying this, you know, we're two bad shakes away from being, you know, a drug addict, a, a homeless on the street. You know, if I lose my wife and, and a couple of kids, something happened, I hit a streak of depression. And so I think it's just, folks, there's people out there that are hurting, that need food, whatever, they're kids, you know, like the, the, <laughs> we, we can debate this till we're blue in the face and they're hungry. Let's just feed them, you know, like, uh, uh, and, and I think it's pretty cool, Sean, that we, like, it's great that the, the corporations are stepping up. And I also think like, man, if you're a kid out there, you know, like you want to help your school, you want to help these kids, you know, uh, uh, offer to cut your neighbor's lawn for 10 bucks and donate that. So you're helping to support your community. You're feeding your fellow, fellow student. You know, we all know, we've seen these schools, there's, there's kids that go hungry and, and we, as a family or as a, a community, we can wrap our arms around each other and say, let's just take care. Let's take care of the family. So good on you, Sean. Sean, how much time do we have left? 10 minutes. Could, can we, can we jump on that for one moment? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, um, I won't go too deep into this, but, uh, um, we should mention that, you know, I've, I've been talking to a lot of people. We mentioned that earlier and there's a really fine family from Paradise Valley area named, uh, Jason and Tara Davidson or sorry, Anderson. <laughs> I was, I think that was their maiden name, but anyways, uh, a far, farming <laughs> family. I, I, I'm old enough. I call everybody by their, their maiden names or their old names. And, uh, um, she, she's a, a good person who's got a, a Facebook group start book start or a group started. It's got close to a thousand members, I think now, and it's called stand for truth and freedom. And in short, what we've got is a group of parents that are coming together. We're, tr- we're trying to align with like-minded people who want to do something to influence, to be more proactive as opposed to reactive for our, the good of our community with, with peaceful means you know any, any any hateful discussion or there's gonna be you know we want to shoot somebody no not interested i can't be a part of that but what we're trying to find is to put people together to work with our politicians work with our police work, work with our, our nurses to find a way to help our community to get off of just the covid train and focus on our we're going to have a youth focus to come out from the kids perspective on advocating for them because I don't know about you, but I, now that we're on this, the variants are coming and we got to wait for this booster and then we got this, I, I, I see us losing hockey programs. I see us locking up doors on our arenas. I see, see uh, competitive athletes that are just going to walk away from sport. We, we've, I've went through all the statistics, kids that hanging out at home, playing uh, PlayStation on their phone, not eating properly. You know, BMI, they talk about BMI index increasing for our youth, suicides. Uh, um, it's, we want to, join with people that want to influence our community in a positive way to say the rest of the world can fall off the COVID train, but we're, we're going to help the youth. So, so what is the, the group called? It's called Stand for Truth and Freedom. Uh, uh, it, it's uh, uh, Tara Anderson is who the, the person that started. There's a, like I said, there's close to a thousand members in it. Join it, send Tara a message, and, and you'll find out more of how to, how to help uh, um, come together. There's strength in numbers. If we all just hang out in our own house and complain, and we're weak. If we come together, we're strong. And I would say there's strength in knowing you're not the only one. Yeah. Right? Like the yeah. the fact that there's... I take for granted people talk to as many people as, you know... I'm not sitting here saying I am having coffee with everyone because I'm not. But just whether it's phone calls, uh, the amount of podcasting, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, I work in, a, in an oil field. I tour a lot of different places. And very few and far between... Like everyone says they're exactly with what you're, you're talking about there. Like, I, I don't see 
I don't hear the opposite message. I think they're looking for a place that has some leadership to direct their energy. If they, you know, whether it's a vote or whether they want to get involved, I think that's probably a good start because if she's already had, you know, we know Tara. Mm -hmm. If if she's already got it started and you're concerned about what's going on, there's a way you can go to something, get involved, and it's around, it's it's our area, right? Like it's right here. Yeah, it, it, for me, it, it, she, I've watched her now. She, My value system agrees with hers. Like I, I'm not, so a lot of people are saying we should go and ride in the streets. Not my, not my gig and, and I don't want to um, harm my community. I want to help my community. And, and what if that group jumps to 15,000 members, right? Of people that think alike and say, it's, it's time to open up our arenas. It's time to keep, keep our kids uh, in, in the schools. It's yeah. time to uh, uh, advocate for our youth, advocate for these other areas. Now that that group can, can work together to positively influence our, our community. And now that starts to, to uh, politicians, remember? The, their their cur- currency is votes. If you got fifteen thousand people in that, that that has a voice. It just that's just the way we're set up, right? If you go and sit with your school board, right, and say, you know, you know, we're concerned for our kids, and we're all speaking together. That that ha- that carries some weight. Has a voice. Remember, this is this is our community. It's not the politicians' community. It's not the school board's community. It's our community, and we should have a say in, in how how our community operates, and we need to come together and have one voice, that's kind, caring, you know, understanding, uh, uh, respectful. Uh, you know, that's kind of where I want to end up. I uh, appreciate that. That That mm. is where we're going to hop awesome. to the final five, though. I got to oh, have final the final five. five. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, let's let's <laughs> end on a, a okay. fun little okay. five questions. Shout out to Crude Master, uh, Heath and Tracy, sponsors of the podcast since the very beginning. I mean, we've already talked a little bit about Crude Master and the amazing things. It's so easy to partner with a company like Crude Master because they just... That, that phone call, I called Heath in... Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure it was mine or yours. I, I, that was a, that was a cool. That was an emotional, uh, like couple of phone calls between Heath and his daughter. Um, just, you know, I get it. You, you, people think, oh, they got the money, or they don't, or whatever. You just got to look around at the times we're in, and for them to get on board, even more so to believe in what I'm talking about, um, the group that we've assembled about what we're going to try and do to have the trust to, to do that, man, that's moving. That mm-hmm. it truly is. So let's do the final five. Give her. Well, I, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. It's no. the first one. I, you've been on so many times that I've never asked this, which is crazy to me. But if you could sit down and do this with somebody, like pick their brain, who would you want? Um, I'm not very good at this. I, I tend to think too much and then answer. So you, I'm glad you gave me a little bit of time to think when you were given because I, I just... I'm an analyzer, right? And uh, and so, but I th- one that jumps to my brain, it, it's a dark place, uh, uh, but I'd like to sit down with Alexander Solonetchin. We, we both read the Gulag Archipelago and I'd love to sit down and go, Alex, could could I ride your coattails for a minute? You just walk around here and see what you're seeing. Does this concern you? Or is it like, nah, you're good. You know, so that's who Al- Alexander Solonetchin wrote uh, Gulag Archipelago on, on um, uh, Russia. Man, can you imagine if you could beam him here and just say, hey, what do you think of this? Like, give us some advice. Yeah. You know, a, a guy that won, won a Nobel Prize, I believe. Yeah. Right. Wrote the book and just said he he, he was a firsthand account of when uh, other societies slipped into uh, communism, totalitarianism and all the harm and horrors. You, you, you want to you want to cry a few times before you go to bed and, and puke, puke a couple times and, and have a nightmare or two. 
read the book, but that's good because that's reality. He, he uh, uh, so anyways, that's my author or uh, my person. What's one of the, no, actually, what's one adventure you want to take on? I call it an adventure, but uh, you know, it, you, you, you're not a guy to sit back and I don't know, watch life. You're a guy to hop in and enjoy life, I guess is the way I look at it. So what's one of the things you haven't done that you foresee yourself doing um, I don't know. You got a lot of years left, but I, I'm curious, like what's a thing that can, cause you know, I've always wanted to try this. I just never got the courage up or, or maybe, you know, I got to wait until the kids are a little older or is there something that, uh, your, your tickles your fancy, so to speak that you have, haven't tried yet? Uh, there'd be two. One was, uh, <laughs> I almost pulled it off. I bought a crappy motorhome one year. I w- I'd love to travel all of Canada with my family. <laughs> I'd love to, th- it's another story for another day. You'd laugh, laugh at it, but I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm taking my whole family across Canada. So I went out and I found this motorhome and I was going to load it up that, that summer. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's another story. I'd like to travel Canada with my family. I'd like to see all the provinces. I love this, this community. And I have family from Prince Edward Island. My grandpa married my grandma during the war years and beautiful, beautiful country. And uh, so I'd like to do that. Uh, also, Prior to COVID, let's say let's pretend COVID was an issue. I, I I fell in love with a little place down in in uh, Yucatan, down close to the Belize border, called uh, Merida and Progreso. And I, I'd love to take my family down there. Lots of history, the Mayans, uh, and uh, are down in there. And then it's the crater that they think uh, started the uh, the Ice Age. Yeah. So, and so I, yeah. the it's just a really cool spot. Lots of history. I'd love to take my family down there and hang out for like two months. Uh, so that that would be two travel with my family. What's one of the best lessons I know that. I know that's a large question, but you know, what's one of the, the guiding lessons that maybe your parents instilled on you, a mentor, uh, a good friend, it could be multiple things, but is there a a lesson that you've learned, um, that's been really impactful on your life? There's many, as you say, that's a deep question, but one that jumps to my brain, I grew up in small town Saskatchewan where there's basically white people and, and first nations. That's all I knew. Right. And I, I remember kind of actually being a little bit fearful of other colors of people, other religions, other foods, you know, just because you don't you didn't know. There's a saying that say you fear the unknown. Thankfully, I've had the opportunity prior to COVID to travel a lot. I think I've been in like 22 countries around the world. I, I, I think there's only one continent I haven't been on. And one of the things I've learned is that don't fear other cultures, embrace them. You know, like you get to go somewhere and walk into a weird temple and they invite you to a weird meal and you get to find out that the the way you look at them or bow is like this, just embrace it. It's cool. Like the world is a beautiful place. And I found that the, uh, I, my fear was unbased. And as opposed to that, it's exciting. It's really, really exciting to, to just open your brain and go, your way might not be the coolest way, the best way, the only way. Just let's just stop and listen and talk and share a meal and tell me about how things work here. You know, that's, that's been one of my best lessons, I would say, is embracing weird, what I used to consider weird, different unique cultures meals temples ways of interacting hopefully we get to go back to that yeah something you're reading right now um well i just started uh, as we all have uh, it was, was going to be best book most impactful book or just reading just reading just reading uh, uh the second jordan peterson book yeah uh we, we we've covered 12 rules now we're on beyond 12 rules i can't remember the name of it the black one the black yeah uh, so i started that so uh, that's what i'm reading right now uh, uh people don't don't listen beyond to, order uh, what i've learned every the next 12 rules, every time i went to a different yeah i think so every time i went to a different country i'd have warnings say watch out over there these people are like this it was always bs 
You just go to somewhere and you're nice to them. They're nice to you back. Generally speaking, books, Jordan Peterson, people say, oh, he's bad. He's evil. He's just, no, he's not. Just read the book, you know, get, try, try it out. So that's what I'm on right now. Final one prediction for the next five years. That's a, tell you what I'm fearful of and I'll tell you what I'm hoping for. Fearful? Uh, my greatest fear is that we can't get off this train. We're in a, a police state. The Charter of Rights and Freedoms has been eroded. Uh, we've got uh, universal basic income in place. Uh, um, we're, we're moving down a, a path towards communism. And my fear is that by the five-year mark, um, hope I don't hit this point, but I've, I've left Canada with my family. That's, that's my, my fearful pr prediction. I don't know what percent of chance. I hope it's a very low chance. That'd be my fearful one. I hope it's not there. I'm going to do everything I can to, 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 to not go there. Um, my hopeful prediction, we get off this train and we figure out that, holy smokes, what do we learn from that? We better put that charter rights and freedoms and, you know, we better put it up in every doggone classroom and every office and every, every, public bus and know that we will we got to do everything we can that for the next hundred years we we don't do this again and that we have a renewed sense of of uh hope and passion in our communities like you and i like how many times have you read the charter rights freedoms prior to this not very often no, I, th I think i think i i read it a few times because a little bit i went to where the magna carta was signed you know i in in england if you're not familiar with that so I, i've had a passion this but even me i Remember debates I've thought about or actually thought about or followed legal cases. I don't know if I've ever followed a legal case on a charter, a charter uh, challenge of any kind. So that's what I hope for, Sean. That's what I hope for. I hope that in five years, I guess this is going to be the podcast, man. I'll tell you what, I will, I will, I will weep if I'm in a different country five years from now and Canada's in a really, really tough spot. You know, it was Jordan Peterson who said, uh, I think it's self-authoring, where you're supposed to write down, you yeah. know, he's talking about very yeah. much about the individual. Uh, write down how your life could be for the bad. Mm -hmm. if, if you mm -hmm. go down the road of, you know, you already mentioned it. And, yeah. and it's like, well, how could my life get, how could it get worse? How could I go down a road that is terrible uh, for me? Cheat on my wife, yeah. uh, lose the kids, mm -hmm. lose my family. I mean, obviously that's a big one. Yeah. Lose my job. Like you just go down the road and then, and then what do you got left? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty grim. And then right where you want to go, set your goals, mm -hmm. right. And let your fear yeah. of the bad chase, help push you towards your goals. So anyone, you know, yeah. I listen to that and I go, I know why Ken's so motivated because he's already, he's already going, well, I can tell you where I, it could go and I don't want it to go there. And that's motivating. And people will laugh at that, but you got to think about it. Like you, you couldn't have said that better, Sean. We need to pause for a moment and get out of, I don't care. This isn't about masks. It's about police state. It's about government overreach. It's about rights and freedoms. And the, take the right steps and it can go either way. That's yeah, and we're, human, still er, we're, st has. we're still early. Enough. We're still early. So we can self-author this. We as people can come together and say, how do we want this to look? Stop waiting for a politician to do it for you. Let's do it together. So, Sean, I know you've got some other people coming in. Uh, uh, thanks for inviting me on, Sean. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a friendship that keeps in. getting deeper and better, and I appreciate all, all, all you've done. And let's have, let's see what the next, let's listen to this five years from now and go, oh, did we get that wrong? Let's, it's, it's, <laughs> it was better than we expected. Awesome, Sean. Thanks again, Ken. Yeah, you betcha. Hey, folks. Thanks for joining us today. If you just stumbled on the show, please click subscribe. Then scroll to the bottom 
and rate and leave a review. I promise it helps. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday, we will have a new guest sitting down to share their story. The Sean Newman Podcast is available for free on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcast fix. Until next time. Hey, Keeners. Thanks for uh, tuning in. I hope you enjoyed um, catching back up with a good friend of the podcast, Ken Rutherford. Um, I got to give a few shout-outs. First off, Jim Jones said, Hey, Sean, really enjoyed the Bob Strom interview. I played ball for his his dad, Gil Strom, in 84, and he was a multi-sport athlete and coach. He just said, thanks for thanks for sharing. Loved, uh, loved his stories. Uh, another one that came in was... Troy Tendek, I hope I'm saying that right. He said, just listen to your interview with uh, with his good friend Bob Strum Sr., unbelievable storyteller, and he thinks I should get him back on at some point. Uh, you've only scratched the surface. Well done, and thank you. So thanks, guys, for, for listening. Uh, he's talking about Bob Strum, which came out a couple episodes ago, so if you haven't tuned into Bob Strum, uh, there's a guy who has 40-plus years of uh, being in – you know, organizations and the, you know, from the NHL to the WHL, et cetera, and, and some just fantastic hockey uh, knowledge. Now, uh, I hope you enjoyed today. We got another episode coming at you Wednesday, an archive episode coming up. Uh, great story about uh, a lady from in town here from who originally came from India. So make sure you tune into that coming out Wednesday. Um, and I guess we'll catch up to you guys uh, later. We, uh, if I haven't updated you on the champ, champers uh, on the mend right now, so he can't be out swinging clubs. He can still be feet up on the desk, but <laughs> I, I whacked him in the arm the other day, and then I'm like, oh, oh yeah, wait, you have a broken wrist. I guess I shouldn't be too, too hard on you. So get better, champer, all right? To the rest of you guys, we'll catch up to you Wednesday.